Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. What a great looking crowd. All of the radical people came to church today. I want to hear from the radical folk. Ah, listen, let me share with you real quick just before I preach. We've been praying for a friend of mine. His name is Gary Wiggins. He pastors in Jacksonville. I told you at the beginning of the year that he was diagnosed with cancer. The doctor gave him no chance at all. I've been, it's a, he pastors a huge church in Jacksonville. Been preaching there for over 20 years as much as once a month. He said, give me a percentage. The doctor said, I cannot even give you a percentage. He said, put a bunch of zeros and then a point. Maybe a point, nine, ten zeros, point one. He said, you don't even have a 1% chance. But we did not receive that report. This doctor is the head of Mayo Clinic. He's the head of St. Vincent's Cancer Treatment. He said, there's no way you will live. This Friday, they did test on Pastor Gary Wiggins. There is no cancer at all in his body. I want to rejoice. I said I want to rejoice. Because today I'm going to preach to you about the impossible. Today I want to tell you that there's nothing that God can't do. Today I want to tell you that there's no one God can't save. There's not a body he can't heal. There's not a marriage he can't restore. I feel like preaching. I'm coming from Matthew 14, 22. The Bible says immediately Jesus made his disciples follow along on the stream, get in the boat and go before him to the other side. Tell your neighbor I'm going to the other side. Yeah, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when the evening was come, he was alone there. But the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Chill, brothers. Come on, y'all. They're in southern Israel. He said, Chill. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and called him. Anybody glad that Jesus caught you when you were sinking? Come on. He said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt him? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Note the 29th verse. So Jesus said, come he said, Peter, I want you to come out of your world and into mine, out of your trouble and into mine, out of your realm and into mine. I want to preach for just a few minutes along these lines, realm reversal. God is about to shift things. God is about to take you out of your realm and into his, out of your impossible and into his breakthrough. I don't know who I'm talking to. I said out of your sickness and into his healing, out of your battle and into his victory. Who's ready for realm reversal? Can I get a witness? Father, we raise up our hands and say, have your way. Teach us, lead us, and feed us by your word in Jesus' name. Before you sit down, make a little noise in the house if you love him. You can be seated. Man, it's good to see you. You look good. Tell somebody around you, even if you're kind of social distance, holler at somebody and tell them, you tell them, say, you look good. Come on, I'm telling you, you, you look skinny. Glory to God. You're losing weight. You, you lost weight in COVID. Come on, somebody. The oil of Ule, it's working. Praise God. I don't know what you're doing, but you look good. Well, I feel like preaching. Do you feel like receiving? Listen, so many are tuning in by live stream. Whether you're here or by live stream, welcome. I want to talk to you about realm reversal. God dealt with me in this last week 
and I sense in my spirit that there's a shift about to take place that we're about to see God show up and be who he is, that we're going to see God move in a mighty way. And I am decreeing and declaring that September, October, November, and December are going to be a time when God moves in a mighty way. Make a little noise if you can get in faith with Pastor and believe that today. Now, Jesus here has instructed his disciples in our text to get in the boat and go to the other side. And I'm just going to hang my hat on this story for just a few minutes. The Bible said immediately in verse 22, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. I wanted you to track with me for a moment and understand that the storm never manifested until they were instructed by the Lord to go to the other side. In other words, when they were called to cross over, that's when the enemy sent the storm. What I want you to remember today is this. No matter what you might be facing, no matter how intense the battle is, you have been called to cross over to the other side. Immediately after Jesus instructed his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side, suddenly a storm arose. It was only after they received their assignment. It was only after they had been commissioned by the Lord to go to the other side. Now, now there are several different ways that this is interpreted in different translations. In verse 22, the Bible said in the New Living Translation that Jesus insisted that they go to the other side. In the King James Version, it said he constrained them to go to the other side. One translation said he compelled them to go to the other side. He said, you are going to the other side. I didn't say you wouldn't have trouble. I didn't say you wouldn't deal with a storm. But at the end of this day, you will be on the other side. He insisted that they go to the other side. This is my third time preaching this morning, and I still feel like preaching. I came to this service to tell somebody I came to insist. The Bible said Jesus insisted that they go to the other side. I came to insist that you go to the other side. No, 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 you're not going to stay in your depression. You're not going to stay in your fear. You're not going to stay in anxiety. You're not going to stay in worry. We're not going to stay contained by coronavirus. We are going to the other side. I guess I came looking for some church people who are ready to go to the other side. Make a little noise if you're ready to go to the other side. In fact, prophesy to your neighbor and just tell somebody around you, tell them you're going to the other side. Yeah, yeah, you're going to the other side. Make a little noise if you're ready to go to the other side. I'm, I'm going to the other side. Now, the storm only came because the enemy was aware of the assignment. Now, even though the enemy doesn't, he's not omniscient, that means he doesn't know everything, the enemy is aware of the assignment of God over your life. So he does everything he can to assassinate your assignment. The enemy knows that Jesus is calling his church to go over, to cross over to the other side. The moment Jesus told his disciples to go to the other side, hell sent a storm. Now, some of you have been in a storm. I look at 2020, and personally, I can tell you that I have not been exempt from the storm. This has been a crazy year. And I have 12 honest people. I said, this has been a crazy year. Can I get a witness? But here's what I've understood now that I've served the Lord for a while. The storm is only a signal that hell knows that we are crossing over to the other side. Now, conventional logic says wait and praise God when you get to your destination. Conventional logic says wait and give God glory when you finally arrive at where you're going. But see, we are not people of conventional logic. We are people of faith. <laughs> So what does that mean? That means we praise like we're there before we get there. We praise like we got it even before we get it. We give God glory that he's already made a way out of nowhere. All I've got to move, do is move in faith. 
I came to third service today looking for some people who said, Pastor Rayleigh, I don't have to get there to praise him. I'll praise him on the way. I'll praise him in the storm. I'll praise him broke. I'll praise him struggling. I'll praise him, I'll praise him abandoned. I'll praise him in trouble. I dare you right now, don't wait to praise him until the storm is over. Praise him right now because the devil even knows that you are headed to the other side. If you didn't have destiny, if you didn't have victory, if you didn't have purpose on the horizon, hell would leave you alone. But the bother is a signal that the devil knows somebody is about to go to the other side. It's amazing to me that the storm never manifested until the instruction and assignment from the Lord came. And I stopped by to tell somebody this morning that we can and we will, we can and we will, we can and we will cross to the other side. The other side of what? The other side of trouble. The other side of depression. The other side of trial. The other side of drama. I thought somebody would shout big time right there. The other side of division. The other side of injustice. The other side of fears. The other side of tears. Oh, let me make the devil real mad. We're crossing over to the other side of COVID-19. Do I have anybody in the church that's ready to cross over with me? Come on. Now, check out the story. The disciples are certainly in a place of panic. They're in a place of stress. They're in a place where the situation is hard. And the Bible said in verse 26, when the disciples saw him, who's him, Jesus, walking on the water, they were troubled. Now, isn't that a trip? You see Jesus and get upset. But here's the problem. They were troubled saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. Now, here's what I want to show you. Number two, in our impossible situations, it can be hard to recognize Jesus. Okay, where are the real folks at? I'm not looking for the super spiritual folk. You know super spiritual folk, they got 13 of the nine gifts. Can I get a witness? Come on, you'll get, you'll get that later. But I'm looking for real folk. Have you ever had attacks so intensive in your life and storms so strong that you did not even know where Jesus was? Even though he was there, you could not recognize him. Where y'all at today? Have you ever had family problems? Have you ever had financial problems? Have you ever had emotional problems that are so deep that you could not even recognize Jesus for cause of the storm? Here they were, and the storm was so intense, and the trouble was so deep that they failed to recognize that Jesus was actually there. Can you be real today? Can we admit that sometimes, even though we're saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Spirit, it's hard to recognize Jesus. It's hard to see him when our heart is breaking. It's hard to see him when our children are going crazy. It's hard to see him when we get laid off work. It's hard to see him when we get a bad doctor's report. Have you ever had times where you said, Lord, where are you? Don't be surprised when you face stormy situation and it gets hard to recognize Jesus. Now, now, here's what I want you to understand. Jesus comes walking on the water, and they said, it is a ghost. In other words, the breakthrough didn't look like the breakthrough thought it would look. Jesus didn't move in the way they thought he was going to move, but he was still moving. <laughs> Can you trust him when he's not moving the way you think he ought to move, but you still know that he's going to move because whatever he said he's going to do, He's going to do it. I've come to tell you, don't be surprised in the next three months on how God moves in your life. He'll use people you never thought he would use. He'll use situations he never thought he, you would, he would use. He'll use people. He'll use problems. He'll shut one door because he's got a better door that he's about to open. I, I dare somebody right now that would say, Lord, any way you bless me, it's all right with me. Make a little noise if that's you. Uh, now, now, I love this. They look out there. They're tripping out. They're freaking out. They're worried. 
I've been on the Sea of Galilee many times, and those storms can manifest out of nowhere. I was actually there. Some of y'all in this service may have been with me when a storm came out of nowhere, and we're in the middle of, of the Sea of Galilee, and all of a sudden rain and waves are everywhere, and it was like the Lord just gave us a glimpse. Now, it's so powerful to me because it's stormy. The waves are rolling, and where is Jesus? He's walking on top of the thing that they were afraid they were going to sink in. Jesus had no fear of the rage and see he's walking on top of it. Oh. Now let me get real with you. 1 Corinthians 15:27 says, "For God has put everything under his feet." So this storm is under his feet. This struggle was under his feet. The waves were under his feet. Can I talk to you today? What was under his feet was under control. And then Paul said that God put everything under the feet of Jesus. I need to tell you that Jesus was walking over top of what was trying to destroy them. Everything that would try to destroy you today is under the feet of Jesus. I wish you would stop right there and give God praise that everything that would want to drown you, everything that would want to assassinate you, that's why you need to praise him because it's underneath the feet of Jesus. That sickness is under his feet. If you don't believe me, ask Pastor Gary Wiggins who six months ago was told by the head of Mayo Clinic you will not survive. But Friday received the report that there is no cancer in his body because sickness is under the feet of Jesus. Issues, incidents, accidents, your past, the attack. Give God a praise if you believe it's underneath the feet of Jesus. Don't miss this. They're in a storm, but Jesus is there. Now, where would you be if Jesus hadn't have been there in the midst of storms in your life? Even times when we failed to recognize him, he was there. I hate to think of where I would be if Jesus hadn't have been there, y'all. I hate to think of where I would be in my stormy life and in my stormy situations, but he was there. He was Jehovah Rapha. He was Jehovah Jireh. He was Jehovah Nisi. Come on. How about this? He was Jehovah Nicotam. You ever had him be Jehovah Nicotam? He moved just in the nick of time some of you are just like me you wouldn't be here this morning if it hadn't been for the lord being with you in your storm every heartbreak he's been there when people abandoned you he was there when people told you you wouldn't make it he was there when you had issues he was there when you had problems he was there when your family left you he was there when church folk abandoned you he was there when your friends left you he was there I don't know where I would be if he hadn't have been with me every step of the way there are some of you who are going through things right now and the devil thinks he's going to kill you and destroy you but I see Jesus Jesus walking on your trouble right now and hell's about to find out that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. The storm is only a signal that you are headed to the other side. I'm talking to a preacher who's watching me right now. You're headed to the other side. I'm talking to a mother who's worried about your family. That child is headed to the other side. One, two, three. Give God a shout in here. Here's the key, though. I've had people who were close to me in seasons that I thought they would be there forever, <laughs> and they unfriended me on Facebook. Come on, somebody. I've got people I thought that I would be close to, and they are fair-weather friends. How many of you know I don't need any fair-weather friends, and neither do you? We need real relationships. But I can stand before you today and tell you that Jesus, even if you're in trouble, he's with you right now. Now watch this. The Bible said in Deuteronomy 31.8, And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you, and he will not leave you. Can I just stop right there and say, the first part of that verse blows my mind. Because he is the Lord, and he's out in front of you. 
but he will be with you, and he will not leave you. Come here, son. Stand up right here. See, if I'm going to be with you, I got to be with you. See, I'm with you, but I can't be with you. You stay there and be over here because once I'm over here, I'm over here and you're over there. But God said, <laughs> I'm not bound by what you're bound by. God said, not only am I with you, I'm with you and I'm going to stay with you, but I'm also going before you and preparing a way right out of no way. I'll stop by to tell you, thank you, son. I'll stop by to tell you that right now, while you're here in September, God is already moving in November, and he's going to give you a November to remember. I dare somebody right now who's thankful that he's with you, but he's going before you. Make a little noise in the room. Come on. Oh, come on. I think some of y'all been borrowing panic from your future. Some of y'all been borrowing problems from your future. Why don't you stop right now and borrow a little praise and say, God, you are out in front of me and you are making a way. Ain't that good? Then he said, he will not leave you or forsake you. Now, now here's the deal. He will not forsake you. See, I need the Bible to be real to me. When I read the Bible, I want to read it, and I want to know that it's real. And I said, God, what does it mean I won't forsake you? And the Lord said, I'm never going to let you go. He said, it doesn't matter how big the storm is. It doesn't matter how deep the problem is. It doesn't matter how deep the intense attack is. He said, I'm never going to let you go. And I need to tell those of you here and those by live stream, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're feeling, your future is intact. Your purpose is still in place. God has still got a plan. He's been with you so far, and he's going to be with you to the end. I look back in my life, and he's never let me go even when I tried even when I tried to get away he never let uh, Jesus even when I tried to escape him he never let me go even when I said I'm done with him God said I'm not done with you hallelujah the Bible said the love of God constrains me. The love of Christ constrains me. You know what that means? It means it keeps me. It holds me. And watch this. It said the love of Christ constrains me. Not my love for him, but his love for me. The truth is my love ebbs and flows. My love's high one day and low the next. Someday I want to praise. Someday I want to cry. Some days I've got victory. Some days I've got defeat. I'm talking to you as a preacher. You mean you, Pastor Eddie? Some days I get out out of bed and I feel so much victory and then some days I get out of bed and the enemy tries to make me feel like I'm the victim and I say God I'm gonna walk away from it all I'm gonna give up but the Lord said no I got you boy I'm holding on to you I don't know if you can hear me today but there's some of you right now even when you cried to quit God wouldn't let you quit his love kept you in place make a little noise if you're thankful today He never let me go. Tell your neighbor, he never let me go. He never, he never let me go. Yeah, my ex-wife let me go. Not that I have one. Come on, somebody. Or uh, that relationship, they, they abandoned me, but he never let me go. Y'all know Pastor Don, she don't play. She don't even want me to call her the first lady. I, I introduced her one time as the first lady. She said, don't you call me the first lady. I said, why? She said, because that implies there might be a second one. She said, I'm the only lady. I said, yes, ma'am. Come on, somebody. <laughs> the Bible said, now watch this in verse 29. Ooh, I feel this. Anybody feeling this? Now watch this. Here it goes. The storm came when the assignment was clear that they were headed to the other side. So one, two, three, if you're headed to the other side, make a little noise right now. Come on. The other side. The other side. Uh, that's pretty good for people who might be going to the other side. But I'm looking for the folks who are definitely going to the other side. If you're going to the other side, make a little noise. Number two, in our impossible situations, it can be hard to see the Lord. But watch this. Here's where I want to get to. The Bible said in verse 29, so he said, Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. So the third truth I want to show you is this. Basically what the Lord said here is this. 
thus saith the Lord, it's time to bust a move. Some of y'all are sitting there and saying, Pastor Rayleigh, that's so old school. Don't you know people don't say it's time to bust a move? That's old school. Well, guess what? So am I. It's time to bust a move. The enemy doesn't want me to tell you the reality of the truth this morning, but the truth is precious. It's time to bust a move. It's time for you to move out of your fear, move out of your doubt, move out of your anxiety. I want to hang my hat right here on the word come because what this finally was was an invitation into the realm of the impossible. Jesus said, Peter, I want you to move beyond the natural constraints of the natural realm, and I want you to move into the realm of the supernatural. And if Jesus would do it for Peter, he'll do it for Jim Rayleigh. If Jesus would do it for Peter, he would do it for you. And Jesus in 2020 is saying to the church, it's time to get out of the conventional mindset. It's time to get ready to walk in the impossible. Let me tell you, if 2020 has shown me anything, it has shown me that we need a move of God. Uh, how many of you are ready for revival? I said, how many of you are ready for revival? I'm ready for a head-rocking, hell-robbing, real-deal, cancer-healing, crack-delivering, child-saving, marriage-restoring, fire-bringing, demon-delivering, devil-binding, outpouring of the Holy Ghost that will cause people to dance out of wheelchairs, that will cause families to repent, that will cause addicts to get, come on, how many of you are ready for something supernatural? Uh, but here's the deal. Supernatural did not exist in the confines of the boat. Supernatural did not exist in the boat. Supernatural existed when they got out, when Peter got out of the boat. And you better hear me today. There will always be those who want to stay in the boat. If I would have let people who wanted to stay in the boat dominate my ministry, we would still be in the boat. We would still be meeting in a broke down gym. We would still only have one campus. But the truth is, when I hear the Lord say, come, I'm coming. I want out of the boat. The truth of the matter is there are some folks who want you to stay in the boat because when you get out of the boat, it makes them squirm. There are some people who are mad at you because you don't want to stay in predictability. You don't want to stay in natural. You don't want to stay in survival. You don't want to stay in just get by. And they'll get mad at you because when you step out in faith, they have to reconcile with the fact that you're only doing what they had. They wish they had the guts and intestinal fortitude to do. So I have made up in my mind, I am not going to surrender in this season, but I'm going to see revival and I'm going to see awakening. That's why in October, I'm putting a tent on the property. And for everybody that's still apprehensive about coming in the building, baby, park your car outside the tent. Bring your easy chair. We are not giving up. You say, Pastor Ray, are you going to get out of the boat? I'm sure Andrew said, Peter, what are you doing? Stay in the boat. I'm sure Bartholomew said, bro, you lost your mind. Stay in the boat. I'm sure Matthew said, what are you doing? Stay in the boat. But let me tell you, dog Peter out. Talk about him if you want to, but he's the only one who walked on water. And I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. I dare you to tell somebody, say, neighbor, say, I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat talker. I'd rather be the guy that stepped out in faith and said, God, I believe that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly. I want to be known as the preacher who still seeks revival. I want to be known as the preacher who's still hungry for a move of God. Is there a hungry church in the house today? I, I want to live in the impossible. I want to live in the supernatural. The word impossible, if you define it, it means the unfeasible, the unobtainable, and the totally absurd. Come on. The truth is, he's saying to some of you folks, bust a move. He's saying to some of you folks, don't lay in the depression. 
don't let Fox and MSN and CNN and Facebook guide your life and govern your life. Some of you need to move out and praise. Like some of you need to just praise at another level. Well, Pastor, really, I don't praise because I'm deep. I like worship. I don't like praise. Praise ain't deep. Can I help you theologically? Praise is very deep because the truth is you enter into his presence with thanksgiving in your heart, and you enter into his courts with praise. Well, I'm just too deep to praise. I don't like all that emotional stuff. You don't have any trouble getting angry. Preach, Pastor Rayleigh. Praise is not deep. Let me tell you, there's some things that's not going to break till you praise God because you can worship and still be heavy. You can, you can, you can weep. You, 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 you can pray and still be heavy. You can read your Bible and still be heavy. But when you begin to praise the Lord, you put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. When you begin to pray, when you begin to praise the Lord, stuff starts breaking off of you. When you begin to praise the Lord, things start shifting in your life. Hell is afraid that right now there's going to be some people in Calvary that will say, I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to praise the Lord. One, two, three, give God a mighty praise. Tell your neighbor, I'm busting a move. I'm busting a move. I'm moving out of depression and into joy. I'm moving out of doubt and into faith. I'm moving out of I'm moving out of dead and into revival. I'm moving out of COVID and containment, and I'm stepping out to see God move. Bust a move. And really, when Jesus calls you to bust a move, He'll call you into the absurd. He'll call you into the unfathomable, the unfeasible, the unobtainable, because it's not God until you can't do it. Huh? God's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. So Jesus said, come. How many are ready to go wherever Jesus calls you to go? The act of coming out of bondage is what it means. It's the Greek word eleutherus. He said, come. I want to tell somebody here today and about watching my live stream, it's time to break the containment off your life and it's time to be free. Now, here's the deal. Why, why did Jesus invite Peter out of the boat? Why did he invite Peter out of the boat? This is where I've been trying to get this whole message. Jesus wanted Peter to experience realm reversal. Come on, that's, that's my fourth point. Jesus wanted Peter to experience realm reversal. He said, I want to invite you out of the plausible and into the implausible. I want to invite you out of the possible and into the impossible. I want, you to, I want to invite you out of what you can do into what I can do. I want to invite you out of the ordinary and into the supernatural. Is there anybody in the last part of 2020 that wants to go there with pastor? Make a little noise if you want to go there with pastor. Come on. In essence, precious, what Jesus was saying, he was saying, I want you to experience realm reversal. Now look at the word realm. The word realm in the dictionary is defined as the word kingdom. Jesus said, I want to invite you out of your realm and into my realm. He said, I want to invite you out of your kingdom and into my kingdom. He said, because things that are not possible in your kingdom are possible in my kingdom. Let me mess you up. How many of you know that Jesus did not come to establish a government? He came to set up a kingdom. I said, how many of you know presidents run, but Jesus reigns? Presidents are temporary, but the kingdom of heaven is eternal. So Jesus said, I want you to step out of your kingdom and into my kingdom, because in your kingdom, cancer kills you. In your kingdom, rebellion kills you. In your kingdom, you can't be delivered from a homosexuality. In your kingdom, you can't be set free. But step out of your world and step into mine, and you'll find out that anything is possible in my kingdom. I'm looking for some people who want to manifest the kingdom. 
No, I need you to praise God if you want to manifest the kingdom. Okay, can we go a little bit deeper? I feel like preaching. He said, I want you to experience realm reversal. Realm, kingdom. Trace the word kingdom. Kingdom is defined as domain. Domain. So Jesus said, come out of your realm into my realm. Come out of your kingdom into my kingdom. Come out of your domain and come into my domain. Now, domain is linked to the word dominion. Dominion means to reign. In the Old Testament, when man was created by God, he said, I'm putting you on the earth to have dominion. He said, I don't want you to get swallowed up by this domain. I don't want you to get swallowed up by this kingdom. I don't want you to get swallowed up here by this realm. He said, I'm putting you here because you're going to establish a domain and you're going to have dominion. So Jesus said, Peter, come out of your realm and into my realm. Come out of your kingdom and into my kingdom. Come out of your domain and into my domain. And you're going to find out that the storm may kill everybody else, but I've got dominion over the storm storm and you can have dominion over it with me i've got dominion over the problem and you can have to i need i'm looking for people right now who want to have dominion in 2020 stand up and give god a crazy praise right now tell your neighbor say neighbor say you can just stand there if you want to but i'm about to praise him like I've got dominion. I'm about to praise him like I'm walking in another realm. I'm about to praise him like I'm a, I'm a source that's from another kingdom. All right, y'all can be seated. Yeah. Jesus. Man, I feel breakthrough all over this room. I said I feel breakthrough all over. I feel it online right now. I feel breakthrough, 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 breakthrough. Now, here's what I was praying this week. As I was seeking God this week, here's what the Lord said to me. He said, America needs realm reversal. Come on, somebody. America needs the kingdom of heaven. America needs realm reversal because we've lost our way. All this division. Can I tell you something? Division is not the plan of God for his church. Racism is not the plan of God for his church. Come on, abortion is a sin. Y'all don't make me preach. Racism is a sin. Division is a sin. Let me make you really mad, but I love you no matter what you're struggling with. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That don't mean I don't love you. That don't mean you're not precious to me. But the reality of it all is this. We need realm reversal. When Netflix can put a show on that glorifies pedophilia, that will have an 11-year-old girl gyrating sexually, and you've got perverts that are watching it now and thinking that it's okay, it's not okay. What there needs to be is a church that will rise up and say we're not going to pick and choose what, what sin according to our political agenda but whatever the Bible says is wrong, I answer to what the Word says. Oh, let me make y'all really mad. They came to the prophets. The leaders came to the prophets and, and, the, and looked at the prophets and said, whose side are you on? Are you on the northern kingdom side? Are you on the southern kingdom side? And the prophet threw his shoulders back, and he said, neither one. He said, I'm on the Lord's side. I came looking for some people who said, preacher, put me on the Lord's side. need somebody right now to give God a praise if you're ready for realm reversal.
God's about to bring your family into realm reversal. God's about to bring your church into realm reversal. God's about to bring that doctor's report into realm reversal. In faith, I say, America, we're coming into realm reversal. Now, everything hinged on this. Come, come, move out of your comfort zone. Come, move out of the constraints of the boat. Come, don't you know that when Jesus said come, I don't think Peter started asking for, for advice. Come on, somebody. What do you think, Andrew? Think I ought to come? See, the truth is Peter didn't move until Jesus said come. And you can't move until Jesus says come. But if he says come, jump in. If Jesus said do it, you better do it. And I love, I love the fact that I love the fact that Peter stepped out. He, he didn't say, Andrew, what you think? Well, Andrew said, why don't you go ahead and go? We only got 11 life jackets anyway. Come on. No, Peter said, I heard the Lord say, come, and I'm going to come. And I'm telling you, there comes a point where you don't need to get advice from every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You don't need a parking lot prophecy. You don't need somebody to come up to you. Here's what the Lord, no, I'm telling you, I'm at a point where I say, Lord, if you're talking, talk to me. If you're speaking, speak to me. Come on, make a little noise if you believe God still talks to his people. It's amazing to me, and, and listen, I'm not against getting a word, and I believe that God can give people a word. Now, there was a lady, I'm very careful about who I let speak over me. Okay, y'all, this is too much for you. I don't let just anybody speak over me. I don't let just anybody lay hands on me. I don't want a fornicator laying hands on me. I don't want a liar laying hands on me. I don't, I don't want people bound in sin laying hands on me. Because you study your Bible. Peter and John, and John at the, when they were coming into the gate called Beautiful, they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto you. See, there's some people, I don't want their such. Come on, I don't, want that. I, don't, I don't want that on me. I don't let everybody speak over me. I don't let everybody lay hands on me. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. There was a lady, her, her mission when I first came here was to torment me. She would send me stuff, send me letters. She would tell me how bad I was doing. And, and it was just, it was, and she, she must have had some money because she drove a big old BMW. And I guess she thought because she had some money, she had the right to kind of control me and dominate me. But let me tell you something. Your money can't take, make me talk, and your money won't keep me quiet. That was free, but she would stand out in the one afternoon. She had just ripped me up, and we had just had a great service, and God was moving. And she came to me. She said, "I have a word for you. I have a word for you. Can I give it?" I said, "Absolutely not." When I said not, her honey got so tight. Come on, y'all. She drew right up. She could not believe it because I finally made up in my mind. I don't want to hear from a prophet who says, "Thus saith the Lord," when the Lord has not spoken. I am ready to hear from people who have heard from the Lord. So let me tell you, if they come up in the parking lot and they said, the Lord told me to give, give your car to me, the Lord told me to tell you, give your car to me, write me a check for $500 and give me that Cracker Barrel gift certificate sticking out of your pocket. Let me tell you what a real word from God does. It does not control, it confirms. In other words, if somebody, I, I'm, off my, I'm off my notes now. This is free. This ain't going to cost you nothing. A real word from heaven is not said to control you. It's to confirm what God has already said to you. So when somebody comes up and gives you a word, it's going to confirm what God has already been saying to you. The problem is we've got so many parking lot prophesiers who want to come up and say they got a word when the Lord has not spoken. And if God hadn't told you to give them your car, you keep your car, keep your $500, and your Cracker Barrel gifts are because how many of you can say I want to hear what the Lord has to say for myself Peter moved when the Lord said come I'm at a place in my life where I've got to know his voice 
Now I'm going to be transparent with you. Oftentimes in my most difficult seasons, I faced them because the storm was a signal that I was headed to a new dimension. I remember when we were in the old building, I was a little bit younger. In fact, I was a good bit younger. And there had been a Charisma Women's Conference. And this lady that has become my sister was preaching, Evangelist Joyce Rogers. She had preached the Friday night and she was scheduled to preach the Saturday morning. So I, I, was, I was depressed, I was discouraged. I was asking myself, what am I doing in Norman Beach? Why, what, is it time for me to shift? That I, I, I was just, I, I know you never have times like that, but pray for your weaker brother. I was there. So Dawn comes home that night. She said, my Lord, we had church. This woman preached. She said, you're going to the Charisma Women's Conference in the morning. I said, I am not. I said, I'm not going. She said, no, you need to go. I'm not going. So the next morning, I was sitting on the front row at the Charisma Women's Conference. See, I'm in charge at my house. I'm the boss. Tell your neighbor, pastor is the boss. Yeah, I make all of the important decisions. 32 years ago when we got married, Dawn said, you can make the important decisions. Now, in 32 years, there's never been an important decision. She told me when one comes, I get to make it. I was under attack. I was in a storm. I was depressed. Joyce Rogers stood up and said, I have a word. The Lord would say, you think you're depressed, but you're just uncomfortable. You think you're depressed, but God is making you uncomfortable because you're about to shift into a dimension that you've never been in. You're about to walk in a place of impossible. You're about to step into a brand new season and God is about to unpack heaven in your life and ministry. I sat there, lifted up my head and said, oh God, and I started weeping and crying. All of a sudden, the storm that I was in started making sense. Now let's fast forward to 2020. This has been the hardest year I've ever pastored. This has been the most difficult year. I've lost my sister. I've lost my spiritual father. They're both gone to heaven. I've lost so many people that are so close to me. My wife's assistant that was family to us, that had been with us all 22 years, gone to heaven. So many people that are close to me. I've had personal issues in my own family that have hurt my heart deeply. Then I've had to watch as we've had to shut down church for as many as six or seven months. I've watched the enemy try to calculate and divide God's people. I've watched it even in my own church in hell trying to stop what the Lord wants to do. But see, I'm not the same guy now that I was then. I understand my storm. I understand now that the storm has only come because there's something I'm getting to on the other side. And I came to declare to somebody that your storm is only a signal that you are headed to the other side. I, I need somebody to stand right now who's headed to the other side. Get up on your feet and give God a praise. But here's the critical part. Come, John. What's that song you sing? Hallelujah, you have saved me. So much better your way. I don't want anybody to leave just for a minute because I want to release something. And who wants something powerful released over your life? Uh, you're not going to sink in the storm. America. People say God is done with America. The devil is a liar. You say, Pastor Ray, why do you think God's not done with America? God's not done with America because he's not done with me and I'm an American. But here's what's the key. Pastor Christian, Pastor Jamie, 
Pastor Anderson, Pastor Troy, Pastor John. We got to hear his voice. The Bible said in John 10, and I'm trying to close, it says to him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he brings them out of his, his sheep, his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yes, they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of a stranger, but they know his voice. The words they know there in the Greek, it means they have studied they have listened, they have looked, they have hungered, they have desired his voice. I've been to Israel more times than I can remember. I've stood in these places where these hundreds of, of shepherds will come with sheep and all of their sheep will graze on the grasslands together. And one shepherd will rise up and begin to call his sheep. And it is amazing to me that every one of his sheep will, will, there'll be thousands of sheep there. They will separate themselves from all the other sheep and they will follow the voice of the shepherd because they know the voice of the shepherd. Some of y'all know the voice of Fox News. Some of y'all know the voice of MSN. Some of y'all know the voice of CNN. But do you know the voice of Jesus? Have you studied his voice? Have you yearned for his voice? Have you listened for his voice? Let me tell you, he said, my sheep know my voice. Jesus is called the great shepherd. Do you not realize that we're on planet earth? Do you not realize that we are among billions of people right now? But there will come a day when there will be a trumpet blast. There will come a day when there will be a shout from heaven and the sheep who know his voice. They'll separate. They'll come up. How many of you can say, I want to know it then, but I've got to know it now. So God is wanting to bring into your life realm reversal. He's about to move in your life. Just before I close, slip up your hands. Sing, Pastor John. Come on, son. You go before. Nobody leaves. I know that you've even gone to win my war. You come back with the head of my enemy. You come back and you call it my victory. And all I did was praise. Oh, come on. All I did was worship. All I did was bow down. If you guys can find that song in the back, put it up. And all I did was stay still. raise your hands. Come on, let's worship him. You go before I know that you've even gone to win my war. Your love becomes my greatest defense. It leads me from the Come on, I feel something in here right now. I feel something in here. And all I did was worship. And all I did was bow down. And all I did was stay still. And now I lift my hands and I sing.
is happening right now. right now come on you picked up all my pieces put me back together you are the defender of my heart oh, and when I thought I lost me you knew where I left me you reintroduced me Just slip up your hand and say hallelujah. Just slip up your hands and worship the Lord. 
Come on, everybody on the worship team. Put the mic in your mouth. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Worship you, Jesus. There is a river in this room right now. Realm reversal is happening right now. God's taking you out of your realm and into his. Out of your kingdom and into his. God's taking out of your domain and into his. Come on, slip up your hands and say, Lord, take me where you have dominion. Because if you have dominion, I have dominion. If the storm can't take you, the storm can't take me. Take me out of your, take me out of my kingdom and into yours. Take me out of my domain and into your domain. Take me out of my realm and into yours. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.